Good morning, everyone. So um, this morning I get the privilege of um, speaking about our next beautiful attitude. Um, so today we're looking at Matthew 5 verse 9, which is, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. So naturally, what do you do? You get the counsellor to speak on this one, of course. Um, because if anyone's an expert on this one, it will have to be me, right? No. Um, I think that I am actually far from um, an expert on this in this field. However, through putting this message together, I definitely have a better understanding um, of what it means to be a peacemaker and where I have personally seen peacemakers in my life. So I just want to start with a story about me when I was younger um, and living at home. I can definitely say that I was not a peacemaker. In fact, I was most likely the one that was causing a lot of the friction in the house. Um, and it, it definitely made, the fact, made our house a, um, a not very peaceful place. Um, this was especially true when I was in high school. When I look back, um, there are many reasons that I was not peaceful. Um, and to be fair, most of those reasons were due to my own thought patterns and my self-beliefs. You see, when I was at high school, I was very depressed. I was not happy with myself, and I found it incredibly difficult to find friends. Now, because of how I felt, when I did make friends, unfortunately, they were not the good ones. They were friends that were all doing the wrong things. Um, and as I just wanted to fit in, and I wanted to get along with them, what I did was I just carried on and did what they did. So when I was in third form, or for our younger people here, year nine, um, <laughs> I began smoking. Um, this ended up being a habit that I couldn't shake until I actually turned 30. Um, at 13, I had the privilege, well, I thought, I, at the time I thought it was a privilege, it probably isn't really a privilege, um, of looking a lot older than I did, a lot older than my age, which made it very easy for me to buy things like cigarettes and easy for people to use me to get theirs. However, I thought that these people liked me. At the same age, I also began bunking school. I became very good at forging my parents' signatures. Kids, block your ears. <laughs> Don't want you hearing any of this. No. <laughs> um, yeah, I became very good at, at you know, forging their signatures to explain my absences from school. I thought that if I did all of these things, then these people would like me, and they would want to be my friend. However, we can all guess at how untrue that actually was. Now, you see, because I was making all of these poor choices, that led to a change in my behaviour at home. I was hiding from my parents, and I didn't want them to find out about how bad I really was. You see, I'd always been seen as this good little Christian girl. However, that was very incongruent with who I what was really happening on the inside of me. So, you see, my behaviour in the home was causing there to be a lot of conflict and very little peace, and I desperately needed somebody to be my peacemaker. I want to put a pause in that story. And I want to have a look first at, well, what, is an, what does peacemaker actually look like? Okay, I found two definitions as I was preparing for today. First, we have the secular um, definition, which is that a peacemaker is a person who helps other people solve conflict and reach a peaceful solution. The second is the biblical definition, which is a peacemaker... Um, sorry, is someone who reconciles people with God and with one another. 
If we have another look at our verse for today, it tells us that peacemakers are blessed and will be called children of God. I love the message version, um, which says that you are blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete and fight. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. And actually, I love that song that we sung this morning, um, Who You Say I Am, is that what it's called? Yeah, and it, like that just touches on all of that, which is really cool. We can look in history and we can see so many examples of peacemakers. Um, there are two people that I want to have a look at this morning. Um, they're um, Martin Luther King Jr. and Malcolm X. Both of these men were part of the civil rights movement in the USA in the 1960s. Both men wanted things to be better for black people in America. Martin Luther King wanted to be treated equally and have the same rights as white people in America. He wanted the races to be able to mix and to work together. I've also read on the other side of um, some, um, some articles sorry, about Malcolm X where he believed in black separatism. Yes, he wanted equal, equal civil rights, but he, he championed the separatism from whites and wanted to, there to be a distinct gap. Martin Luther King, in his I Have a Dream speech, spoke these words. He said, let us not seek to satisfy our thirst for freedom by drinking from the cup of bitterness and hatred. We must forever conduct our struggle on the high plane of dignity and discipline. We must not allow our creative protest to degenerate into physical violence. Again and again, we must rise to the majestic heights of meeting physical force with soul force. Now, it was no coincidence that this particular speech was given in the exact location it was given. Now, he was standing in front of the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C. If you've ever been there, um, it's this massive space. Paul and I have actually stood on the spot where um, Martin Luther King gave this speech. There were over 200,000 people there that day. And the reason that it's, it's so important that he was standing in front of the Lincoln Memorial is that it was actually Lincoln who passed the Emancipation Act in America, which is the, the abolishment of slavery. Then you can compare that to Malcolm X. Now, he gave a speech in 1964 in Cleveland, Ohio, and he said these words. He said, I don't mean go out and get violent, but at the same time, you should never be nonviolent unless you run into some nonviolence. I'm nonviolent with those who are nonviolent with me, but when you drop that violence on me, then you made me go insane, and I'm not responsible for what I do, and that is the way that every Negro should get. So they were his words. Now, these are very two different responses that, um, to what was happening in America during, the civil, um, during that civil rights movement. I'm not really sure what side of history I would have come down on, to be honest, if I was living in that time and in that place. I'd like to think that I would um, prefer, to be, prefer that peaceful response. But to be fair, I can see how easily it might be to take the eye-for-an-eye eye approach. I think instinctively we don't want to be hurt, and if someone hurts us, it is a very easy um, to want to take revenge or react in, with the same force. And in light of that, it makes what Martin Luther King was trying to do even more powerful. He was going against everything that, was instinct, that we instinctively do and wanted things to be different. He had seen the violence and the oppression that the black people in America had been living under, and he wanted this to be different. He wanted the violence to stop. 
He wanted his people to be viewed differently. And for, and for so many years, unfortunately, there had been these assumptions that all, peop all black people were, were violent and aggressive, and he wanted to change that assumption and show that his people were a peaceful people. There's a really important thing that we need to remember in this, is that peacemakers are not peace at any price people, but rather those who are determined to rebuild damaged relationships. There are also so many examples in the Bible of peacemakers, so many people that we can look to. In Genesis, we look at Joseph, um, and now Joseph, um, his brothers left him dead, and yet years later when Joseph had the opportunity to punish his brothers, he not only did it, didn't, but instead he pursued a relationship with them. This wasn't an easy thing for Joseph to do. And, and three times in Genesis we find him weeping as he works through the process of restoring relationship with them. In Genesis 42 verse 24, it says that he turned away from them and began to weep, but then came back and spoke to them again. He had Simeon taken from them and, and bound before their eyes. In chapter 43 and verse 30, it says, Deeply moved at the sight of his brothers, Joseph hurried out and looked for a place to weep. He went into his private room and wept there. And in chapter 45, verse 14, it says, Then he threw his arms around his brother Benjamin and wept, and Benjamin embraced him weeping. Another good example is Jonathan. Jonathan was the son of King Saul and a friend of David. He sought to make peace between, the um, between his jealous and angry father and David. He sought to make peace um, oh, sorry, between, sorry, between his, his father and David. David was a rise, was rising leader and a very talented man. In Samuel chapter 19, verses 4 and 5, we see Jonathan advocating for David and trying to bring peace between the two of them. It's, this is what it says. It says, Let not the king do wrong to his servant David, he has not wronged you, and what he has done for you has benefited you greatly. He took his life in his hands when he killed the Philistine. The Lord won a great victory for all of Israel, and you saw it and were glad. Why then would you do wrong to an innocent man like David by killing him for no reason? So he was pleading with Saul for there to be reconciliation between the two of them. Another example is Paul. Um, now, he's, he's a little bit of a different example in that, to be honest, Paul, to begin with, wasn't a peacemaker. <laughs> he was, at, he um, was actually a very harsh speaking person in his letters. And prior to following Jesus, he was actually a religious persecutor who witnessed and possibly even um, participated in the deaths of Christians. However, Jesus changed his life. And, and quite drastically, and we often see him embracing Jesus' example of peace, especially when he confronts um, Peter on his rejection of the Gentiles. We see him humble himself to those who mock and hurt him instead of retaliating against them. So these are all great examples of peacemakers, but however, there is one that, that dominates above all, and that is Jesus. He is our ultimate example of what it means to be a peacemaker. Now, the whole Bible is centered around that actual fact. Humans rebelled against God, and with his blood, Jesus paid the price to restore peace between us as flawed people um, and our God, who is our loving creator. 
So it's great to look at all of these examples of all these people who we can look to to show us what a peacemaker actually looks like. But how do we put that into practice? As I was preparing this message, I came across a list of five characteristics of a peacemaker. Our first characteristic is that peace rules in their heart. Peacemakers cannot create peace among others if they do not first start with peace in their own hearts. How are we to calm wars and tempers or reconcile with one another if we have battles raging in our own hearts? That's not to say that we won't hit seasons, um, that we have to focus on our own internal battles, um, but if we desire to create peace among others, we must first find it in God alone. But you ask, how do we grab a hold of this peace? Well, we surrender it to Jesus, and we ask um, for him to fill us. In Philippians 4 verse 7, it says, And the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Practically, we can talk to God and just say to him, Hey God, I'm surrendering this stressful situation or disagreement to you, and ask him to fill us with his peace instead of our worry. Simple? Well, yes, sometimes it can be. But there are other times where it just might not be. But I can tell you that that's step one, and it is a huge step in the right direction. And after we've done that, we can meditate on these truths to, to cultivate peace in our life. The world's peace is temporary, but God's peace is eternal. The world's peace is based on circumstance, but God's peace is already given to us. Our second characteristic is that peacemakers are active and not passive. Let me give you an example. Let's say we've got a neighbours at war situation, right? So we've got two neighbours who are fighting. Um, to keep the peace, or at least for yourself, you might avoid one or both of them, or maybe even nod your head in agreement um, when they complain about the other person, um, just to temporarily keep that peace at that moment. Um, but that's actually an appeaser not a peacemaker. Instead, we can actively try to see all sides and why each person thinks, feels, or believes the way that they do. Looking for any overlapping views or areas where, they could be, where there could be some compromise. A peacemaker would try to bring the two parties together, disarm them of their weapons, and work through the hard stuff to help... Um, um, work through the hard stuff with them to help them reconcile. That's putting peacemaking to work. The third characteristic is that a peacemaker is gentle. Can you imagine a hostile peacemaker? No. <laughs> a peacemaker really needs to be gentle or else no one's going to actually want to listen to them um, go, or go to, them, go to them for advice or reconcile with them. Imagine going to someone for help and all they did was shout and yell at you and, and you know, rant about what had happened. I imagine if, I'd come, if I came across somebody like that, I'd probably just want to walk away, turn around and go, it's, it's not worth getting you to help me because this is just going to be too hard. As a peacemaker, we must be willing to listen and slow and be careful in how we respond. People's feelings are going to be involved. That's a definite and sometimes those situations can be very sensitive. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 2, it says, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, 
bearing with one another in love. Jesus has taught us that it's important for us to be gentle with one another. He has taught us this as it's, a very, as it's a very important thing for us to learn how to be with each other in order for us to be a family. Now there are going to be times where we're not going to agree with people. And sometimes, you know what, agreeing to disagree politely is all that we can do to keep the peace. And sometimes that's okay. The fourth characteristic is the person is resolute in truth. While peacemakers are open to hearing all sides, they are not willing to set aside God's truth to appease someone else. Muting our own convictions and affirming someone else's, um, if it goes against ours, can be just as wrong. Seek out what the Bible has to say about certain situations before diving in. Ask the Holy Spirit to help guide you, but always stick to God's truth and what the Bible says. Notice I didn't say your truth. It's important to stick to God's truth. In John 15, verse 26, it says, When the advocate comes, whom I will send from the Father, the Spirit of truth goes out from the Father, and he will testify about me. You see, God is our Spirit of truth. It is through asking for his help that we are able to come alongside others and help them. And the last characteristic is patience. James 3 verse 18 says, Harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Peacemaking can be messy. It's dirty work sometimes. Um, In 1781, Ben Franklin wrote to John Adams, and he said these words. He said, Blessed are the peacemakers, as I suppose, for another world. In this world, they are frequently cursed. Unfortunately, that can be true. If you are trying to reconcile with someone um, or trying to help two parties reconcile, things can get a lot messier before they get better. And we need to be willing to work through that mess. We need to be willing to walk away. um, And in all of it, we need to be willing to be patient. Sometimes all we can do is plant seeds and wait for God to grow them and bring about a harvest in his time. As I was reading... As I was learning a bit about that, I was thinking about the veggie garden that we have at our house that Isaiah has beautifully planted. Now in that veggie garden, we've got tomatoes. He's planted tomatoes, cucumbers, snow peas, capsicums, celery, and carrots. Now each of these seeds has taken time to grow and produce a crop. The first thing that began to grow were the peas and the tomatoes, um, and they have been abundant and quick in what they have produced. The cucumber and the carrots have taken a bit more time to begin, but as they've begun, they've gone quick. And then we have the capsicums. Now, they've started growing, but they're still yet to produce any harvest. And then we have the celery. Well, unfortunately, those seeds went into the ground and they did nothing. They are still in the ground and they haven't come to anything. Now, my little master gardener gave equal attention to every single seedling, And they all responded differently. And that is just like us when we are working to build. Oh, sorry. Hit the wrong button. Sorry. (laughs) It's just like us when we're working to build reconciliation with others. If we're patient, peacemaking can be a divine work. So with all of that in mind, I want to go back to the story that I started at the beginning. At the beginning of my message, I spoke about how I was the person disrupting the peace in the home. 
the reality was that I, as I said, I needed a peacemaker. I needed someone who had those five characteristics. Someone who had peace in their heart. Someone who was active and not passive. Someone who was gentle. Someone who was resolute in the truth. And someone who was going to be patient. Now, my peacemaker came in the form of my mum. Now, at the time, I couldn't see that <laughs> because of my own inner thoughts and self-hate. And it was not something that happened overnight. In fact, it got messy. It got real messy before it got better. You see, I ended up leaving home at the age of 18 because things had gotten so bad that there was no other option. I slipped into a deeper depression and I couldn't find my way out. So I began to drink and I began to party all the time. I was getting into bars underage and hanging out with people who were, again, people that were not good for me. And all of this was because I was not being honest with anyone and I was hiding from myself. I was so ashamed of myself and what I was doing. And stupidly, do you know what? It took me till the age of 21 just to tell my mum and dad that I even smoked. My mother didn't condemn me or say anything hurtful. No, she was gentle. But she was truthful. She said to me, she said, well, I'm disappointed. But it's your decision. In my head, I had created this massive assumption about what would happen if my parents found out that I was not the good little Christian girl that I tried to portray at church. I thought that they would hate me. They would not want to be near me. They would want to disown me. I have no idea where that thought even came from because it is so far from where either of my parents are. But the reality is, is that that was my own head and thoughts getting in the way. And to be fair, I lost years of good relationship with my parents. I've been really privileged to see, to actively see my parents as, as peacemakers, to actively see them being gentle and truthful with me, but also with other people. One of the times that this was sort of the most evident for me was when my brother came home and told my parents that he'd gotten his 16-year-old girlfriend pregnant. I saw them reiterate to him just how much they loved him and that whatever he decided, that they would be there for him and his girlfriend at the time. And they certainly showed God's love to both of them. Sorry, I'm just going to get a tissue. These things make me cry. <laughs> so it seems that every, each and every time I speak, I keep coming back to this point. That we are created to be in relationship with one another. And that it's God's plan that we live peacefully with one another. So as I finish today, how are you doing? Is there peace in your life? Do you need to make peace with someone? Or is there a situation that you need help with? If you do need help, can I ask you, please reach out to the people around you. Ask for prayer and do what it is that is needed to bring peace into that situation.